What's up? Hey. Welcome to this week's episode of The 13th Floor. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And this week, Alex, what are we talking about? Talking about haunted lakes. Creepy, (laughs) spooky, ooky lakes. They're as spooky as they are wet. Yes, very. (laughs) So, James, how you been? Been all right. How about you guys? We've been hanging in there. Just tired. So tired, (laughs) man. Because, you know, it's like, it's exhausting creating life. Um, Which is what I've been up to lately. I have been too, but I've been doing it in a lab. (laughs) 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 <laughs> growing a baby. Um, so, listeners, just a heads up. Um, this will be one of my last episodes for a while because babies do any day now. So, yeah, just a heads up there. But Yeah. yeah. We're going to be playing things by ear. So, if there aren't any new episodes for a while, sorry about that. But, you know, li- you know a lot of people go on hiatus and we, we never have actually up till now. So, I think... I think a baby's a good good reason for going on hiatus. Right. And uh, likewise, uh, Patreon, we're going to put that on pause. Nobody's going to be charged in the months to come. So no worries there in terms of your, your investment. And thanks so much for those of you who've been a patron so far. But, you know, it's one of those things where if if we can't juggle the main ball, we, we sure as heck aren't going to juggle the Patreon ball too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know. When, whenever that all gets started back up, uh, we'll we'll yeah. definitely give everyone a heads up on here and let you oh, know definitely. ahead of time. Yeah, uh, or whatever the plan is with that going forward. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Alex, are you excited to have a screaming, crying baby in the house again within the next two weeks? Um, yes. <laughs> I'll be excited. <laughs> I'll, I'll be excited um, when he smiles at me. Yes. And no, no, but for real, yeah, we're excited. I'm excited to see how Gwen handles them. Honestly, that's I, I can't wait to see how that goes because it's either going to go really well or very poorly. Yeah, we, we'll find out very, very soon. The hardest part right now, James, is that we don't have a name for the baby. Like, baby boy names are hard. We're struggling over here. Yeah, we got a few that we might like, but 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 we're struggling. We asked Gwen for her opinion, and she chose some pretty good ones. So. We'll see if uh, Gwen ends up naming her baby brother. But now she says she wants a baby sister. So I think Jabba Cornette has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Jabba. Jabba. Okay. Okay. I was thinking Grogu. <laughs> yeah. Alex is really thinking Grogu. Um, due date for the baby, everyone, is May 4th. So if if baby stays put for the time being, then he'll be May the 4th be with you, baby. If he is named, just so happens to be like a... Star Wars character is not because of Star Wars. It's because we like the it's name. Because we like the name. Yeah. yeah. You, so, you really want to piss people off, uh, sand people, Cornet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was just thinking Akbar Cornet. <laughs> that was got the same initials. Oh boy. Well, you guys. Only time will tell what we name our child. Probably he will be named once he arrives. I can't wait to meet <laughs> Darth. <laughs> Darth Cornet. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, James, do we have an icebreaker? Yeah. You know, since we are talking about haunted lakes, I, I got a two two ones. You oh. know, so one because uh, this is you know, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's people who like fishing and those who don't. So, what's your take on fishing? Ooh, so 
my dad's a big fisher. Uh, he he really <laughs> loves fishing. So, uh, but I actually didn't grow up doing it a whole lot. I only ever did it with him occasionally during the summers, Same. but not not yeah. that often. But I always really did enjoy it. Um, now the problem is, is every time I go fishing, the fish swallows my whole hook way too deep. And so it's always like a struggle to get that thing out without hurting it too bad. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not. Make you sad, Alex. But I I do feel bad when the, when the, when the hook's deep and it's like taking me a little long, but, um, it's fun. I I like it. I've only been fishing. My dad took me once when I was little and it was a close call because I swung my, uh, my fishing line oh, back, yeah. and it the the hook got my brother in the sock. Oh, thank goodness! Yes, ah, it, that's yes. the best place to get hooked. Is the oh, sock? Yeah. Yeah. The sock. Praise God! I remember my dad was like, "That was a close one. Your mom would have killed me." So we got that. But then me and my dear friend Amy, hello Amy, um, we went fishing with her dad a couple of times because he was really into fishing. So we would go to Jacobson Park mm. and fish with him. Mm. And I remember there was one time where he just had a fishing fishing pole for himself and we were just kind of tagging along and we found a fishing line and hooks just kind of like scattered throughout oh, the park. Yeah. And so we tied it to to sticks and me and Amy went and we ended up catching probably six fish between us and wow. her dad did not wow. catch a thing. What a memory. Sick. Yes. So Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. So that was good times. I'm I'm not opposed to fishing. It does make me sad like if a fish does get hurt in the process. I like the catch and release. Or if you're going to catch it, you know, eat it. Oh, Don't yeah. just catch it and then kill it and then be done with it. But do people do that? I don't know. Do they? I mean, it really only happens if, the, if they swallow the whole the hook too deep and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You could like kill it. But uh, and then Gwen has been fishing with my dad as well one time, <laughs> and the whole worm process uh, made her very very uh, upset. Yeah, it was <laughs> apparently when they put the little worm on the hook, it started to foam up, and she after that she was like, "No, I'm done. This is this is not." <laughs> So, oh man, I uh, I still feel that way when it comes to hooking worms. I hate hooking worms. That's my least favorite part of the process. James, yeah. my, my question for you is like, you can give a little cockroach to your spiders, yeah, and then you have a problem with hooking a worm. Like, well, yeah, because there- then I'm I'm the one doing it. Like, I'm I'm feeling it. You know, the sensations. Ugh. Oh, yeah. uh, I think we, I think I've mentioned before. I have mere touch empathy, so. Uh, that's one of the reasons I hate stepping on bugs. For example, it's it's not just ethical. It's it's the fact that when I feel their their little bodies get crushed, I I kind of have phantom sensations of me being crushed. Ooh, that's uh yeah. Here, one second. One uh, we second. have an upset child that her yeah. robot little <laughs> robot bed toy is not doing what it's supposed to. Right. Ron's gone wrong. Is not Ron's gone wrong. Not behaving. Gone wrong. Ron has gone wrong. But anyways, Have James, I, I, we have this invasive species of worm here in Georgia. It, it's like, I think it's called like a hammerhead, hammerhead worm oh, or something. Oh, snap. You guys have hammerhead worms? Yeah, we've got hammerhead worms. And I read an article not too long ago about how if you ever see one, you know, kill it, like salt yeah. it or do whatever to it. And so I put salt on one of them because I was like, oh, I'm supposed to kill these things because they're not supposed to be here. And... Yeah. I cried my eyes out just seeing it die in front of me, even mm. though it's like I know it shouldn't be here. 
Yeah. So, I feel you there. Uh, I, mean, I feel they, you there, James. Funny enough, I mean, I'm talking about Voodoo a little bit later, and here's it's the return of Tetrodotoxin. Um, they produce some of it. So do they, they produce really? Voodoo powder. Yeah. The hammerheads do? Yeah. Oh, I hate I, they they freak me out. They freak me out so much. We've had one in our house when we used to have our slab exposed in our bathroom before we got our tile mm. down. I had I no said, idea they were in Georgia. That's nuts. That's not good. They thanks James. It's not good at all. <laughs> it's not good. But you know what else? But you know what's better than that? I'm talking about some haunted lakes. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. You guys want to hop into the lake chat? Like sure. side chat. By the way, in my opinion, the most ethical way to dispatch, this is a PSA for all the Georgians listening. Oh. Uh, if you want to dispatch one, pour hot, like boiling water on them. I know it sounds cruel, but they're poikilothermic, so it's going to rev up their metabolism so fast that it'll just instantly kill them. Ooh, oh, okay. interesting. Okay. That's better yeah. than the salt. It's not, like, the salt. it's not like what would happen to a homeotherm like us, which would be very cruel. Well, the salt was uh, was very disturbing because it's just like it started uh, foaming and wreathing. Uh, oh, no, it was awful. I did. I yeah. cried and I was like, you shouldn't be here, but I'm still sad for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that PSA, James. Uh, <laughs> one other question, since we've got you talking about, you know, invasive species, those Japanese spiders that are down here. Yeah. What should we do about um, I'm those? I'm not remotely worried. Not even remotely worried. They eat other invasive species. They're very similar to an already native species. The media is revving it up like they're monsters. And it's like they're not that different. They're very closely related to the golden orb weavers that we all know and love come October. They so. look so pretty. That's the thing for uh, me. Yeah. I just hate the webs that they make because they look like the webs that you'd see at a haunted house. It's not like a normal <laughs> web. Uh, gotcha. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I'm not. I'm not remotely worried. That's like the least concerning invasive species that I've heard of lately. Okay. Phew. So, Alex, take that note. Since we always have a ton of those in our backyard, hmm. the Japanese mm. spider. I did away with a lot of them last year because <sighs> I thought I was supposed to kill them. Well, that's what the media told us to do. Anyways, anyways, I think it's time to talk about lakes. James, you went yeah. last last week so how about you go first this week sure and as i just alluded to alex you want a present for it i i made a reference to zombie powder well Ooh. this has a little touch of voodoo to it or voodoo uh, i'm talking about manchak swamp where's that which is uh yeah it's uh you know, you go about uh 30 minutes northwest of new orleans and you end up in a swamp. <laughs> and it's, you know, the thing is, swamps are scary. I mean, they mm-hmm. are. Like, a little bit. think about yeah. how many horror movies take place in swamps. And it's just very visceral for a uh, human being. Because one, we're out of our element. Water is difficult to traverse when you're a human being. And water that's completely occluded by algae and moss and, and uh, you know, plant life. And then just the dark water itself because it's rather turgid. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, we're very out of our element. It's almost as unnerving as the ocean itself. And then on top of that, you're dealing with a swamp where alligators live. And you mm. you can't see them and they can see you. That's terrifying. So, yeah, swamps are scary. You know what's also scary? Curses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, back in the day, this is, this is according to legend, um, 
she, there was a voodoo priestess named Julia Brown, sometimes called Julie White or Julie Black, which screams urban legend that she has all these different color-based names. But uh, she lived in the area, and this particular swamp borders a little town called Frenier. And she was quite famous for, well, both good and bad spells, let's just say, that people Ooh. would pay her for. And she apparently was quite the musician, too. And uh, she actually wrote a lot of her own songs. And, and one of those songs had the lyrics, One day I'm going to die and take the whole town with me. Oh. So this, by the way, was uh, late 19th, early 20th century. <clears throat> okay. So when that was going on, Frenier is a smaller town now. But uh, there was a cluster of towns, including Frenier at the time, that were doing really great. They were kind of like boom towns because of the logging industry. Mm. And uh, the railroad was running through. It was, it was just, you know, it's one of those things where the landscape, both social and political, was quite different than the modern day. So right. despite this, it was a very rural area. It actually reminds me a lot of like rural Southeast Kentucky at the same time period because there weren't roads uh you if you if you got sick you had to have a house call and you called the doctor in new orleans and he went out to visit you um you know no lights i mean imagine no ac and you're living in a swamp so it's pretty Ooh. rough yeah Ooh. fast forward about 15 years big old hurricane comes in and it went very fast i'm talking 130 miles per hour a lot of people died. 25 died. 300 uh, in Louisiana died. Just 25 in in, in uh, that local area and 60 in Frenier. So in the swamp itself, 25, Frenier 60, Louisiana 300. Big flipping storm for, for 1915. So one of the individuals said that he actually clung to a cypress tree and shut his ears, which is not something you can actually do, but uh, because the sound of people drowning, the sound of them screaming as they drowned, was so traumatizing. Well, so, what happened? Well, some people say that it was Julia, that she had cursed them. I mean, think about it. She said that she was going to take everybody with them. Well... That uh, day of the hurricane, that was the day of her funeral. So kind of weird that she had that song and everything kind of fell in place, right? Yeah. So according to legend, Manchac Swamp still has said voodoo priestess's <laughs> spirit wandering around. Not only that, but she is, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Wild Hunt. She's uh, She's got a real coterie with her. Everybody else that she took with her is sort of in her thrall. So you've got an army of, of dead following a voodoo priestess through the swamp. And this has led to a lot of mm, people claiming they've seen it, people claiming they've seen her laughing at the edge of the swamp, and just a lot of scary things. So some folks actually at Mental Floss decided they were going to look into it and researched it just to see what what's this urban legend about. Well... Turns out in 1845, there was actually uh, a woman named Julia Bernard, and she was born. Uh, well, I just said she was born in 1845, <laughs> and uh, she married a, a laborer named Celestine Brown in 1880. And 20 years later, they gave him a 40-acre homestead plot that was likely passed on to her in 1914. 
We don't actually know other than that when she she died, and there's no mention of voodoo. But, I mean, think about it. Like, why would such a connection be made with somebody? So Mm -hmm. there's a very good chance that she did root work, which I've talked about before in the show, you know, like hillbilly magic, um, midwife type stuff, things that we often have an association with magic. And uh, we don't have real evidence of voodoo itself, but, I mean, it is Louisiana. They're not trying to be stereotypical. But one thing we do know, they actually do have record that she she did, in fact, sing many songs, wrote many songs, and we it's 100% confirmed that she, one of those songs, she would die and everything would die with her. Now you think about that. Hmm. That is remarkable to me. Her name has changed through different iterations, and yet the weirdest elements uh, are factual. So that's hmm. pretty pretty nuts. And uh, there's actually a uh, article from October 2nd, 1915, talking about her funeral on the day of the storm. And I will censor it because there's some racism. <laughs> it was written in 1915. <laughs> Uh, many pranks were played by wind and tide. Black people <laughs> gathered for miles around to attend the funeral of Aunt Julia Brown, an old black lady who was well known in that section and was a big property owner. The funeral was scheduled and Aunt Julia had been placed in her casket and the casket in turn had been placed in a customary wooden box and sealed at four o'clock. However, the storm had become so violent that the Black people left the house in a stampede, abandoning the corpse. The corpse was found Thursday, and so was the wooden box. But the casket has never been found. So easy to see where this legend would would start spiraling out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have tied it similarly to, you know, other similar stories, like, like the Bloody Mary story. But... A lot of people are starting to look deeper into it and conclude, mainly because the pop culture mm, perspective of voodoo is starting to wane and it's, it's being viewed in a more positive light. So a lot of people are suggesting that it's that she's not this malicious figure that she's been painted as. I mean, frankly, I think the jury should still be out given the song and the storm. But uh, <laughs> one thing is for sure, the, the swamp itself is actually pretty spooky if you look at it in and of itself. And I can definitely, just just looking at that Spanish moss and that black water and those, those occasional alligator peepers <laughs> peeking out through the algae. Um, yeah, to me, this is one of those places, you know, I've been to a lot of haunted places and I like going to haunted places. I do not believe I would want to visit Manchac Swamp. Period. Yeah. The, no. the alligators so that's, alone. That's a first for me. <laughs> the alligators alone are wouldn't be enough for me. Yeah, Alex mm. is terrified of alligators. Well, scare, well, scare the I like alligators. I just like them where I can see them. Exactly, know? exactly. Like I've been out on a boat, like in a little nature preserve, where they're like all over the place, and you can like mm. they're like literally all over the place. Like you're going over top of them and stuff. Oof, it's terrifying. Yeah. You guys Alex? ever watch Snake Discovery? Of course you don't. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a YouTube channel, and they have this alligator named Rex, and it's one of my favorite things in the world to watch Rex. She is she is a a little miracle. I love Rex so she, much. She is just a delight. 
She really is. Oh my god! When they took her to PetSmart, oh my god! Uh, that's that sounds awesome. James has had lots. They of let her PSAs pick out today. toys. They let her pick out toys. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Ugh. James and his PSAs today, you guys. Everybody, to check out what's it called? Snake Discovery. Snake Discovery. Well, I absolutely love. What was that show that we watched that one Christmas? Oh, um, is is a swamp people. people. Uh, <laughs> serpent invasion. Yeah, swamp people, serpent invasion. So it was like oh, the serpent invasion portion. People. Yeah, they were mm, they were capturing uh, hybrids and invasive snake species uh, in swamplands, and it was crazy. Uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful show. Highly recommend. But I'm gonna go next, you guys. Boo, Alex, get over it. Get over yourself. And I am going to be talking about, and I don't know how because. There's a little, um, some people call it one thing, some people call it other. Lake Lanier or Lake Lanier? Just call it Lanier. That's all anyone I know that lives here calls it. Okay. All right. So Lake Lanier, which is in Georgia. Georgia. Not too far from where we live. It's named after some dude named Sidney Lanier, who was an 18th century Georgia poet who wrote Song of the Chattahoochee. He was also apparently a Confederate veteran. So some people are like, I don't like the name it's of that. It's extra haunted. I don't like the name of it. Some people are like, I don't care. I'm going to go jet ski on the haunted lake. So it's a man-made lake. I, I think it's fitting that it's it's a Confederate lake and it's haunted. Like, like <laughs> do you really want to change the name to something positive? <laughs> Like, like like Lake Hope, and then it, like people are drowning in it. Like, come on. <laughs> the lake's clearly evil. Well, <laughs> it's a man-made lake created in the 1950s. Mid-1950s, I think, is when they kind of flooded the area. But they wanted to help with the water supply. And then also um, power. There's a big dam and, like, power source. And then also help with flooding from the Chattahoochee because it was causing big problems. Ooh. So... They ended up taking, the government ended up taking this area, flooded it, um, and people had been living here for a very long time. Some 200 to 700 families were apparently displaced when they were like, all of a sudden, hey, we're going to flood this area and make a giant lake. And the government tried to buy out a lot of the, the families. And sadly, a lot of these families have been here for centuries, like for a very long time. A lot of them were black families who had like built everything from the ground up on their land. And Ooh. then the government's like, we're going to take the land. We're going to give you some money. And some people are like, okay. And then some people are like, no, like this land is priceless to us. We don't want you to have it. But then the government's like, sorry, like we're, we're doing this. So mm-hmm. some people got a very upset when they realized that the money that the government gave them was really not enough to cover, you know, their well, livelihoods and well, everything. Shocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when they flooded the area, they did not remove all of the buildings, like, from the communities in the area mm-hmm. or the structures. Um, like, there's an old racetrack underneath Lake Lanier. Yeah. Uh, there are bridges that were never moved. There are cemeteries. They said mm-hmm. that they tried to move all the cemeteries, but if there were unmarked graves, apparently they were just kind of left behind. But they also tried to move a lot of trees because it's a very dangerous lake for trees. So, yeah, the trees are trees are not good. But um, there's a lot going on underneath that water, you guys. That's all you really need to know is there's a lot down there. So when you're swimming in this lake, mm. God knows what's underneath you. Yeah. And if you if you look on YouTube, if you search like Lake Lanier Drive 
or drive. Lake Lanier Dive, you can see divers who have gone down underneath the water to kind of explore. They've got like mm-hmm. videos of the buildings and structures and cement blocks and creepy looking stumps and stuff. Yeah, creepy stumps. Creepy stumps. But you can also see what, how easy it is to get tangled, tangled in and like trees and brush stuck in some trees. Yeah, and it's it's uh, uh, the lake is fifty six hundred acres, so it's a big lake. It's a big mm-hmm. one, and it it's up to like a hundred feet in depth at some places. So mm. it's big and it's deep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when it comes to the cemeteries, <laughs> well, when it comes to the cemeteries, per this guy named Cesar Yabor, um, he's with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And he was interviewed by CNN and he said, quote, while the Corps made every effort at the time to locate unmarked burials, the limited capabilities of the time make it probable that unanticipated finds of human remains are possible, whether from the antebellum and Civil War periods or of Native American origins from pre-colonial and ancient times. So it's like, you know, ancient Indian burial ground underneath there. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all of the reasons why this lake is not to be trifled with, you guys. Okay. Yes, it's dangerous as hell because of what's underneath the water, obviously. Some parts are deeper than others, as I mentioned. And I read that some people, like, you'll be you'll be in the water, you'll be standing somewhere where you can, you're up to your waist, then you take one step and all of a sudden there's a 30-foot drop. Oh, wow. So that's not uncommon to run into here at the lake. How odd. Yeah. And then as the, the water levels go up and down with drought and and all the madness things get exposed and then your boat is rubbing up against a you know a tree that was deep under the water a short period ago but now it's right there mm. so it's it's a big hell no for me when it comes to that that alone also there are rumors and this i i'm pretty certain it's just a little folk legend but there are rumors that there are giant as big as cars. Wow. Yes. Yeah, you hear that, James? Catfish. Mm. Feed a lot That's of people. Awesome. And not talking Makes me about think of Dragon Ball. Uh, well, uh, somewhere, <laughs> uh, we're, not, we're not talking about that that pretty girl Jess who you you showed up to her doorstep and it turned out his name was Larry. <laughs> <laughs> now these are real catfish with the whiskers and the tails. And oh, whiskers were the problem. <laughs> no the thing like i remember my dad growing up telling me stories about just lakes in kentucky and saying oh you know there's a legend that there's a catfish that lives there that's as big as a car and i remember thinking i'm never going into a lake ever because they're scary and then to read that this is also something here at lake lanier's interesting so you guys might run into a giant catfish also there's a haunted spooky tale about the Lady of the Lake. Oh. Yes. And this is also very, um, sim- kind of similar to, you know, just the haunting that, I mean, it's different. But in 198, in 1958, legend has it that a car with two women flew over a bridge into the water. And one of those women is said to haunt the lake. And you can see her, like, wandering aimlessly at night in a little blue dress. 
And she's just like, where's my friend? I'm haunting the lake. And so it's really creepy. <laughs> Spooky ooky. And apparently, uh, I read that they found the body of this woman, like, a while after the crash. And oh. she's missing two toes and both of her arms. And the ghost supposedly doesn't have 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 hands. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So... You know, that's another creepy, uh, creepy thing about the lake. And then last but not least, so many deaths on this lake, you guys. Mm. Lots of deaths. Since it was built in the 50s, some 700 people have supposedly drowned in this lake. And per Mark McKinnon of the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, 203 people alone have died and drowned since 1994. So that's an average of seven people per year. I have heard stories, like I have have watched people tell their stories about swimming on this lake, all of them excellent swimmers, and then all of a sudden they just, you know, feel like there's something pulling them down under the water. So there's got to be some type of current thing going on here, but some people claim that like it feels like there are arms that are pulling you down in the water and no matter what you're doing, you can't get back up. And that's not an uncommon story for some people at this lake. So... It's really creepy. Some of the divers, I was reading some stories from some divers, and they said that you'll put your arm out to try and feel what's around you, and it feels like you're holding on to a hand or an arm. Mm. And yeah, and, and so I'm like, no, I, I'm not, I'm not into it. There's lots of search and rescue going on every single year at Lake Lanier, and this is perhaps one of the creep. Like, I mean, there are cemeteries down there, and unmarked burials but also 27 of the people that have drowned since 1994 never found the bodies yeah never found the bodies and that's per styleblueprint.com so fish is eating well oh well that's it just yeah maybe what if that's why they couldn't find it that's creepy what if those hands are actually very likely yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Oh, James. I mean, can't, can't fish the size of cars. They got to eat something. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? But Oof. I think that that's terribly creepy. Yeah, it is. But there's, yeah, there still, even though there's all of this madness that goes on at this lake, it still attracts a ton of tourists every every year. Some Somewhere between 8 to 10 million annually, depending upon. Which seven people a year for 8 to 10 million people visiting our lake? Still. Is that a high number or is that a low number? I don't think considering that many the volume of guests. lakes have that many deaths per year, though. Yeah, but do they have 8 to 10 million people visiting them? Probably. I bet you there are lots of lakes with lots of visitors who don't have hardly any deaths like this. I need the data. I need the hard data. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it's a very popular lake here in Georgia. Alex and I have been invited. We... We're not going. Yeah, we're not going. <laughs> I'm happy that Alex <laughs> is behind me because I was like, I have a feeling Alex is going to be like, yeah, let's go. And then. I don't buy that it's haunted, but I buy that people definitely die. And yeah. I don't doubt that there are, is, you know, a giant catfish getting them. I'm it's, just kidding. I mean, it's probably like trees. A scary Harry. I'm not, I'm not about it. I'm not going there. I'm not letting my daughter go there. So. I mean, even that little diver guy, he gets tangled up and there's like a 45 or an hour-long video of a guy dive, diving to the bottom, uh, and he gets tangled up for, like, 
three, four minutes. He has to go back up because he gets tangled up. Yeah, it's nerve wracking. So, uh, yeah, it's a lake that you want to watch out for. There, I know a lot of people who are like, I'm never stepping foot. Like, I wouldn't mind going and eating at a restaurant that's like off to the side, but I'm not going anywhere near that water. You best believe you can. You can take my word for that, guys. Take your word for it. So, you guys, that's Lake Lanier. Alex, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a haunted lake. A haunted lake. I'm not just talking about any haunted lake. I'm talking about the haunted lake. Is that the actual name of it? Yeah. Boy. So, uh, thank you to Mananak Ledger Transcript uh, (laughs) for their article, Haunted Lake. Getting to the bottom of Francis Town Pond's various name. Francis Town's Pond, various. That's an awful title. That's, that's My man, you gotta work on that title. Tongue twister. But the rest of his article is written better than that. Um, and then also a shout out to New Hampshire Magazine for their article, Francis Town's Haunted Lake. <laughs> Thank you all. Um, <laughs> um, so. <clears throat> The Haunted Lake. It, it goes by another name, uh, the Scobie Pond. I don't know. You go from lake to pond, kind of odd. But uh, that's because all the locals in the area call it Scobie Pond, even though it is officially called in all the government documents the ha- Haunted Lake. That's just that's what how the government <laughs> refers to it? Well, it used to be called uh, the Haunted Lake. So the reason it got its name is the theory is that Long time ago, uh, there raged like a huge fire that surrounded this. I'm going to call it a lake, even though it might be a pond, it might be a lake, whatever. Um, there is a huge fire that's size. Pond is a lot smaller than a lake, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. Yeah, but I mean, is there a quantifiable? Let's have a look. Okay, (laughs) I would. I would imagine, James, get back to us when you uh, find the answer. Um, So. Yeah, so a, a big fire rages around the area in the early 1700s. Uh, and when the fire is done, it's burnt away everything. The only thing left after the fire is like the, the stumps of the biggest trees. Everything else is gone. So this lake is surrounded by this charred field of What's nothingness, right? Creepy? So immediately, yeah. It's pretty creepy, pretty scary. Uh, Indians used to be scared of it, and early early surveyors were uh, not fans of the place. Just because, you know, nothing is living by the lake. It's terrifying. Yeah. Mm -mm. Now, uh, and what happens is, in a a diary entry that uh, Matthew Patton wrote, he said that, he, and this is 1753, says he and two hired men were out surveying the area. And after uh, darkness set in, they started hearing shrieks and these screams all around them. Hmm. And, and, like, and, and even like groaning. And it's just like, it just kept going all night until the morning hit. Like came. one of those Halloween CDs that you yeah, turn yeah, on with pretty much. noises at the haunted house. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So just like absolutely terrified uh, encounter with whatever is in this area. Um, now, the, there's a legend uh, from about these two 
death or this this death that happens on the lake. And the legend is that these two men were running around the area. Um, some say that they were camping together and looking for uh, land to maybe buy. And then another story says that they were out hunting a cougar. And either way, one of the men dies. One story says that a cougar kills one of them. And and in the fight, they kill the cougar. But but at the time, they thought cougars attack in twos. So in order to get the man away, or in, in order to not be attacked by the cougar, one man buries the dead man's body in a shallow grave by the lake. And runs away. That's dark. The other story is that these two men looking to purchase land, they camp together, and then something causes them to violently attack each other overnight. One murders the other one, buries them in a shallow grave. No. Which one is true? I don't know. But what we do know for a fact is that someone was buried in a shallow grave because the Scobie family... As the lake is later it's a pond, Alex. I know. <laughs> as the lake is later named, um, he comes and he finds this perfect place to build this mill. Uh, and so he starts building the mill. He's digging up all the land to get it ready, and he finds this shallow grave of this guy, Ooh. or of the skeleton, um, right? And so he that happens in 1780. Now. The, the the mill quick pretty quickly became known as Scobie Pond because this family became so prominent in the area. Everyone knew the whole the the family. Their mill was you know a big driving factor for for the uh, the town. So as the town grows, they're they're doing their thing, uh, and then. When people are camping near the lake, they start to experience more shrieks in the house. And also burning rags. or uh, Burning rags? Yes, like these, sorry, these floating apparitions start to appear. Okay. Now, what it turns out is, is Scobie's sons are having a really great time with the, lo- <laughs> with the locals. <laughs> they actually are like they 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 know the story, so they run around, they shriek, they howl, they burn rags to be the floating apparitions. I feel like that's something James would do. <laughs> yeah, it's also very accurate that their name is Scooby because it's kind of like a Scooby Doo episode. I, that's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> um, oh, and so, like, so if anyone is is they called them liquor laden loafers so any <laughs> anyone drunk anyone drunk they're harassing and trying to terrify <laughs> amazing um now a few years later scoby's in his 80s he's carrying a bunch of logs on his back on the ice of the lake he falls through and he dies that's awful and in the 1800s uh this happens about four or five more times People just go to the lake and they drown. Mm-hmm. Now, there's not a lot of drowning since then. It doesn't. It, the, the lake seems healthy, even though recently, just a couple of years ago, it did receive a. Uh, <laughs> it did receive a. Oh, what is this thing called? A. 
a warning. What is it? Sorry. It's an algae warning? It's not the it's not algae, but it is like the algae. Sorry, it is the cyanobacteria notice. Ooh, no, no, no. And so they did get a cyanobacteria notice a couple years back, um, indicating, you know, like, don't get in the water. This stuff, like the algae. Brain-eating can... amoebas. Well, it's, it, I didn't... That's one of the, di- that's the, really the main difference between a pond and a lake, turns out, is, uh, Lakes have deep enough sections where sunlight doesn't reach, so there's no plants, aphotic zones, in other words. Ah. And ponds have photic zones, so that's it. Oh, really? I mean, obviously, lakes also have photic zones, but you know, they have yeah. areas where there's sunlight doesn't reach. Apparently, Scobie Pond is like super rich in nutrients. It has a ton of phosphorus in it, and it's just Ooh, like my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be like a boot booming in terms of health even though it did have this warning back in 2019 um now i did read this interesting note by uh janice brown she says you know once you name something haunted it perpetuates in its own reputation she said if if we want to see something ominous every noise you hear every incident you're going to then frame it within that thought I think that speaks a lot to probably what's going on here. Um, but, you know, I think it would be pretty scary if you were just super hammered and you had someone screeching <laughs> and howling at you. And then you just saw a little floating rag on a stick and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> That would be quite frightening. But that's uh, the literal haunted lake. The haunted lake. And that's yeah. in New Hampshire? That's in New Hampshire. Wow. Alex, good job. Yeah, James. Francis Town, if anyone wants to go. And you can still find the mill. It's just a pile of stones, really. But you can go find it because this man over at, uh, at well, his website is Led- Ledger Transcript, but it's Monadoc, Monad Doc, oh my God, Monadnock mm-hmm. Ledger Transcript. He went and he he traversed the area to go find where the mill was because it's like it's not preserved or anything. Yeah, uh, they were going to, but I don't think they ended up doing it. And he found it, and so you can go look at some mm. Ollie Place stones. Just be careful because it's haunted lake. That's right. Woo. Well, James, would you ever go to any of these lakes and get in the water? Uh, uh oof, man, probably not. Um, no thanks. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we're all on the Between same the page. Between the big here. catfish and the, the the alligators and voodoo priestesses, and then just uh, the cyanobacteria, I'm good. <laughs> we we can all agree on one thing, and that's none of us are going to any of these lakes anytime soon. I just, you know, I'm not a big lake person in general. They just kind of freak me out, and I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Some people live for it. Yeah, well, yeah, some people yeah. live for lakes, and I'm just like, no, I can. I can sit and admire the lake from the shore, but that's as far as I need to go. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Well, you guys, is there anything you want to add? I think that's it for me. All right. Well. Oh, wait a minute. I do want to say. (laughs) I was wondering. Our music is brought to you by Grant (laughs) Cooking. We have music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. Some other place I didn't mention. Anywhere you want to listen to music. So until next time, you guys, we hope that you can keep it strange.